step right into our series this morning and sorry um, steps straight into our series we've been uh, talking about this over the couple of weeks now we've sort of stepped into a new series we just don't know quite what it's called yet so it's, it's a little bit hard we're sort of coming up with names every week but we know it's a series it's got kind of still forming up and I'm not sure if it has a sequel or a prequel you know a bit like Star Wars some of you uh, would know how Star Wars started off and then they stuck one in front of it and then they stuck one at the end of it and they went back and did another one at the start of it. Prequel, sequel, you never know where you are, but they cost a lot, a lot to make. And I love the fact that eventually you get to watch it for free, you know. Um, I heard that uh, Obi-Wan uh, Kenobi and Luke Skywalker once walked into a Chinese restaurant and uh, Luke was struggling with the, fork, uh, with the, uh, the chopsticks and, and Obi-Wan says, Luke, use the forks. Use the forks. So, uh, it's a dad joke, isn't it? I was going to say, we've been talking about dad jokes and, and uh, I tell you, my daughter has been copping them left, right and centre for the last two weeks and even uh, her boyfriend uh, appreciated some of those. You know, he's, a, he's an architect and the first one I said, well, there's three types of people in the world and he said mm. and I said those that can count and those that can't and then after about five minutes he appreciated the joke <laughs> but um, yeah we've been seeing uh, uh, that the spiritual realm and, and we could say that the nature of the kingdom of God um, is although not seen it is still tangible how many of you know what we've been taught? We're talking about this, the tangibility of the realm of the spirit, the tangibility of the nature of God's kingdom, that even though we can't see it with our physical senses, we can still know it and it's still tangible to us. And uh, we've been talking about that. It can be felt, it can be sensed, it can be experienced. And uh, we need to be aware of that. And, uh, and you know, the, the, good, the beauty of that is you just don't have to, you know, the, the, the takeaway for that is you just don't need to have a blind faith. And, uh, you know, people say, oh, well, you just need to believe. You know, but you can, you can be convinced that God is at work in us and, of course, around us. We can be convinced of that. And even though sometimes we can't see, the Bible says it's through faith and patience that we inherit the promises of God. So we have to work the two together. We can't just have faith, wait for two days, and then go, oh, well, nothing's happening. Whack some patience in there, because that's what the Bible says. It's through faith and patience that we inherit the promises of God. I said it before, I'm going to say it again. Don't give up on your family members who haven't yet come to Christ. Don't give up on them. Don't give up on the things that you're believing for. Don't, don't um, uh, say and put a time limit on your prayer. And sometimes we make the mistake of doing that. There's an old saying that says, you know, uh, uh, God, uh, God's never late. But sometimes we feel like he's broken every opportunity to be early. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You know, and that's, uh, there's that, that sense of, well, when, when? We're not told when, but we are told through faith and patience that we inherit the promises of God. You know, uh, a key verse of scripture in this current series is in Titus. And uh, we've been looking at it uh, over the weeks and I'm just going to bring it out again because it says so much um, about uh, our understanding of, of uh, the difference between our works and God's works. You know, And uh, we, we want to get a hold of that and make sure that that's well and truly firmly 
uh, uh, settled in our own hearts, that we're, not, you know, that, that we're not judging those around us. We were even talking about it in the prayer room this morning, that you know, our place is to show God's love, not God's judgment. You know, that's, that's what God's called us to do. And I'll tell you what, the, the world that's out there that thinks the church is judgmental needs to, needs to feel and see and recognise a loving church. You know, and I'm not talking about, you know, the, you know play, putting love hearts up all around the building. I'm not talking about that, but I'm telling the church, the called out ones, getting out into community and actually letting people feel the love of God and not the judgment that so often well, we, we get tagged with, tarred and brushed with, you know, so it's that judgmental church down the road, you know. We don't want to be that. Uh, Titus chapter uh, uh, 3 and verse 4 says, But when the kindness and love of God our Saviour toward man appeared, you know, you say, well, you know, just a little over 2,000 years ago, God showed us that kindness and love and, and, and you know, our, our gratitude for the work of the Lord should be the light at the end of the tunnel uh, all the time. Our gratitude for the love of God that was shown to us should be that light that's at the tunnel for us all, all the time. Amen. I'll say that again. Titus chapter, uh, uh, verse, uh, same chapter, verse 5, it says, Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Saviour, that having been justified by his grace, we should become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. That means that we're sons and daughters under a loving, heavenly Father. And he's shown us great mercy. He's, he's saved us. And not only that, he's done a work on the inside of us in our spirit. And we've spent a couple of weeks talking about that and we should continue. What Jesus did for us on the cross was more than just forgave us for our sins. As born-again believers, we've been regenerated and renewed in our spirits. Let's always, let's always recognise he starts with a work on the inside. His work does not start on the outside, it starts on the inside. And uh, his work in us will eventually affect the outside of us as well. You know, I've been walking in it for 40 years and I find that amazing how it just continues to affect the outside. What he did on the inside just continues to, you know, get better and better and better. The more you stay with it, the more you, you're focused in it, the better it gets. Don't be going for the 100-yard dash. The Christian life is a marathon, all right? It is a marathon. So sometimes we have a 100-dash faith, you know, a 100-yard dash faith when we should have a marathon faith, that we're going to run this race just like Paul, Paul talked about. When he said, I've run my race. What we need to see is, is that God's work of salvation is not immediately apparent on the outside for many believers. It's that, you know, God's work of salvation. It's true, you know, that some people get saved, washed, regenerated, renewed on the inside. And believe it or not, church, sinful behaviours continue. And of course, you know, the flesh, we have to understand the flesh, which is the bad part of our natural side, is never renewed or regenerated. It never does get renewed or regenerated. The flesh will never get saved. 
If we look at the rapture, the outward man gets changed then, actually. This mortal bottle, you know, this mortal uh, body puts on immortality. When we get changed, you know, in that twinkling of an eye at the rapture, should we participate in the rapture? You know, um, and I've shared this on maybe once or twice uh, over the years, but I continued to smoke uh, after I was saved. Someone says, well, does that mean that you're going to hell because you smoke? Someone said, well, it makes you smell like you've been there, you know. <laughs> but, you know, um, I, I, I was still learning and still understanding. I was still sort of a few weeks uh, into my experience with God. And, of course, uh, the, the thing about smoking and being a smoker is you don't realise how much the smell emanates off you. And, of course, I had uh, a church leader uh, get up in my grill um, about my smell, you know, and, uh, you know, how I was coming into church. I've been coming for at least a few weeks and he thought it was time to challenge me about that. But, you know, it was good. As much as he challenged me, he also, he also encouraged me. And uh, his, his encouragement too was, was, well, just pray about it. Just pray about giving up smoking. And, you know, I, I'd always wanted to give up smoking, so um, uh, there was no hesitation. But I did pray, and I prayed a very simple prayer uh, just, Lord, I can't do this. I've proved it many times. Um, could you help me with this addiction and, and help me with this smoking habit? I don't want to smoke anymore. And, um, and you know, uh, before I'd been born again, if I, I'd ever uh, uh, tried, I'd, I'd tear up my, my packet of smokes and I'd put them in the bin. And uh, I guarantee you the next day I'd be out there with my cigarette papers trying to put them back together again. So, but I tell you, I prayed that day after, after that, um, church leader encouraged me. I prayed that day, prayed, prayed the simple prayer. And the next day, I woke up a non-smoker. It was just that simple. Just, just, just the Lord just took the addiction off me. And I was uh, uh, saved in an environment where the Lord was taking addictions off people. And I saw that. I saw that time and time again. Heroin addicts who are healed over a weekend, never to go back to heroin again. I saw that, you know, and, and I still see that and I still hear testimonies of uh, that goodness of God in people's lives. You know, in the, in the uh, last week's message, we reminded ourselves that by being born again, our spirit has been born again. And we need to see that because this is where we can get it wrong. Okay, Paul said in Galatians chapter 2, he says, I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. I mean, that's not just enough to celebrate right there. But he says this in verse 21, I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness comes through the law, Christ died for nothing. We've been redeemed from being under the law. That's the truth we need to take home today. Our justification is now by being in Christ. It's by being born of the Spirit. It's not by law-keeping. How sad it is that many believers become law-keepers. But just know what the Bible teaches. You know, they, they, they get bogged down trying to be better in the flesh through the strength of their flesh. And the truth is the flesh will let you down. The Bible says it's weak. And we finished last week by looking at that verse in Romans chapter 8. In verse 3 to 4 it says, For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh 
on account of sin, he condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. We're called to walk according to the spirit, not according to the flesh. You know, we, 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 we all know that flesh nature and how it behaves, how it can get out of control, how it can misbehave. We all know. We all have one. And, uh, but, you know, the encouragement is, is that we're to walk in the spirit and not fulfill the lust of the flesh. You know, our Christian life doesn't become mature because we now somehow arrive at the place where our flesh is washed and renewed like our spirit. No, that's not how it works. It's what Paul was saying there to the church at Galatia. We did look at this uh, when he said in Galatians chapter 3 and verse 3, he says, Are you so foolish, having begun in the spirit, are you now being made perfect by the flesh? So it's just that absolute understanding that we've been renewed, regenerated, we've been washed in the spirit, but our flesh is still there. And we've got to work out what to do with the flesh. The flesh will always be weak. So let's not get caught up in law keeping as an answer to the flesh. But let's walk out our Christian life according to our born again spirits, connected to and aligned with the Holy Spirit. Amen. You know, where to walk in the spirit and not in the flesh. You know, it's a resistance. How often do you need to resist? As often as it takes. But the Bible says if we'll walk in the spirit, we'll not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. And that's how it's done. Instead of walking in and cooperating with the, you know, the, the works and deeds of the flesh, you know, whatever it is, whatever, whatever badness is going on there, instead of doing that, choose not to and start saying, no, I'm going to walk in the Spirit. I'm going to let the fruit of the Spirit actually come forth in my life. Love, joy. You know, you can get really busy letting the fruit of the Spirit blossom in your life. Amen? Amen. Overcoming sin in the flesh is not accomplished by keeping the law. That's the, that's the takeaway. It's by embracing our new identity and living as new creatures in Christ. Is there any new creature, creations this morning in the church? You came to church this morning, you said, oh, I'm a new creation, I better be in church this morning. Amen. I'm a new creature. So our, our, um, our understanding this morning should be that many believers struggle in their Christian life because they get busy struggling against sin. Attempting to overcome sin in the flesh when actually Jesus has already done all he is ever going to do about the flesh. He's already done it. And uh, 2 Corinthians, we'll see that. 2 Corinthians, oh, we saw the Amplified there. Are you so foolish and scentless, having begun in the spirit, uh, uh, your new life by faith with the spirit, are you now being perfected and reaching spiritual maturity by the flesh? That is, by your own works and efforts to keep the law, you see. So 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 16 to 17 says, Therefore from now on we regard no one according to the flesh. We're no longer looking to the flesh. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, say in Christ. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. 
old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And, and that's the thing that we rejoice about. I love those verses, but I wanted to stop there because the, the question that we all need to uh, have a, a good understanding of is how do we get to the place of being in Christ? It's by being born again. It's by that new birth that, that we've, we've looked at over this, the course of this series, whatever this series is called. But the result of praying that prayer of salvation, Romans, Romans 10, 9 and 10. You know, but we understand how we get in, but now we need to know how to live that way. And the struggles for Christians who start to fall and, and feel like they're failing and, you know, uh, and, and being overcome by sin is the recognition that they're probably going about it the wrong way. You know, feeling that they'll never be worthy enough. We've got to stop that straight away. Our worthiness comes from Christ. Amen? That's where we're getting our worthiness from. You know, he was made sin for us that we might become what? His righteousness. You know, his right standing with God. We become that. And, um, and so let's just for a little minute uh, consider the law. You know, the law we're speaking about is the law of Moses. In John 1, it says there that the, that the law came by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. We see the two contrasts, the Old and the New Testament, uh, even if you want to break it down that way. But Galatians chapter 3, and verse 10 to 11 says, For as many are under the works of the law are under the curse. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who does not continue uh, in all things which are written in this book of the law to do them. But that no one is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident, for the just shall live by faith, or live by their faith in the work of the Lord Jesus Christ, the work that he uh, accomplished on the cross for us when he died for our sins and we received his righteousness. It was a substitutionary sacrifice that he made for us. Sometimes we've just got to get back to what the Bible teaches on, on, our, uh, uh, on the gospel and what the Bible teaches on our salvation. It'll make you real glad real quick, you know, because he took all the work out of it for us. Amen. It's good news. It's, it's something that we can be glad about. Glad tidings is uh, another description of the, of, of the gospel. Galatians chapter 3 and verse 19, it says this, and we need to answer this question. What purpose then does the law serve? It was added because of transgressions till the seed should come to whom the promise was made. Follow me. And it was appointed through angels by the hand of a mediator. You know, that law was added because of transgressions, because of the flesh, so that the flesh had boundaries, so that the flesh had a rule book to keep it in check, you know. And you can find scriptures that back that point up as well. And so we won't go there, but let's just ask a question. What seed, what promise? Because it does talk there about, oops, uh, it does talk there about, you know, the, the, um, uh, it was added because of transgressions till the seed should come to whom the promise was made. Amen. The law was added because of those transgressions. What seed, what promise? The promise and the seed 
both get mentioned in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15. And it says this, this is Jesus, uh, uh, sorry, uh, God talking uh, in the Garden of Eden. He says this, and I will put enmity between you and the woman. This is a declaration over the, uh, over the devil. I will put en- enmity between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed. He will crush your head and you shall strike his heel. Who are we talking about? Jesus. Right there in the third chapter of Genesis, we see the promise and we see the seed. Amen. And that seed, the seed of the woman, is God's promise of redemption. It's the first mention of God's plan to redeem mankind through the seed of the woman. And of course, the seed of the woman is, is you know, um, uh, uh, Jesus. Why not the man, some may ask? Why does it say the seed of the man? Because, because the sin nature passed on to everyone born into the earth, born from the seed of man. But Jesus was born of the woman, right? Amen. Virgin birth, right? Amen. So we see that Jesus sidestepped that, you know, that continuity of sin into the earth and uh, 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 born into the earth via virgin birth. You know, the law also served the purpose of revealing that we need a saviour. It was like that, you know, set of rules we could never measure up to. You know, you try and be perfect according to the law, you're not going to measure up. We always come short. But that, that need of, and that, that realisation that we come short points us to the need of a saviour. It points us to the need of the Messiah. And it did so uh, in, the, in the Old Testament as well. But lots of analogies there pointing to the need of a saviour. So very important. Galatians chapter 3 and verse 23, it says, But before faith came, we were kept under the guard by the law. Kept under guard by the law. Kept for the faith which would, be afterward, uh, which would afterward be revealed. Therefore the law was our tutor to bring us to Christ, that we might be justified by faith. But after the faith has come, we are no longer under a tutor. Talking about the law, we're no longer under that law. Amen. You know, the King James Version says we're no longer under a schoolmaster. And um, so we're no longer under the law. And uh, I was remembered, uh, I should say, I was reminded as I was just seeing that schoolmaster thing and I think, I thought back to a time when uh, uh, we were uh, not under our teacher one day in, in grade seven. And uh, me and my uh, probably friends of, I guess you could say partners in crime, were there in grade seven. And we were pretty well much near the uh, front row of the class. And in those days, we were allowed to have open, open fires in that particular classroom. They had an open fireplace. And, and for whatever reason, the teacher hadn't turned up that day for school. They are unwell, I believe. And, and so there was just that noisy din when the teacher doesn't turn up at the time you start playing around, etc., etc. And my friend Craig turned to me and showed me that he had a packet of what we called flash powder. And, um, and he'd brought it to school. And I thought that was just really crazy. And, and we're sort of giggling and saying, what did you bring to school for, you know, and all that kind of thing. And, and, of course, the teacher wasn't in the classroom, so he got up a few pieces of paper and wrapped that flash powder up in that... In that um, you say, what's flash powder? It's like gunpowder, effectively. And he wrapped it up in, in this paper. And, of course, you know, 
it was like we were just in this moment where, where we were not under the law, you know. We, we were lawless. And uh, he was about to perpetrate a lawless deed. And uh, he, he grabbed, wrapped that up in a bit of paper and sort of looked at us and did what we all thought he wouldn't do, but he did. Me and my friend uh, David and, uh, and, and Craig and myself sitting there, we were the only ones that were in the, new, in the know. And he walked up to that fireplace and he put it in. And uh, just as he put it in and walked back to his desk, the deputy principal walked in. And it was a cold morning, and she decided that she would plant herself before the fire and address the class. And, and there she was, standing, standing there, and all of a sudden, a mushroom cloud just came up out of the fireplace, just whoosh, up it came, and... Um, and she was sort of a little bit startled and turned around and said, the wonders of nature. <laughs> and I tell you, right, we're all sitting down in the front row just because we, you know, waiting for this explosion. And of course, it didn't really, it was just a mushroom cloud. And, you know, um, I, I, guess I, I guess I share that to sort of say that uh, and to remind us, you know, that we were, we were under a schoolmaster, but it was only to bring us to Christ. And I know I'm still in contact with those two friends uh, in, on, on Facebook and every now and then we have a bit of a giggle about that day because it was such a memorable day. And um, I know uh, one of those friends is a, is a Christian and, uh, and every now and then I, I hear, uh, you know, we, we talk a little bit and uh, he does chaplaincy work uh, over in America and um, uh, really, really quite interesting when we remind ourselves of those days and our lawless deeds. But, um, you know... How many of you know that the law was to bring us to Christ? It was to point us in the right direction and bring us to grace and God's mercy. And, um, you know, no, no matter how bad we've been, no matter what things we used to get up to. And, you know, and even knowing this, that even, even in our Christian lives, the thing to overcome, you know, the works of the flesh, the best way to do that is to walk in the Spirit. Keep walking in the Spirit. What's the first, what's the first fruit of the Spirit? Love. When you're walking out of love, you know you're not walking in the, in the spirit. And we've got to, because that's how we're going to overcome the weaknesses of the flesh. You start walking in love. That's the first one. Love and then get some joy, you know. Get some joy in your heart. Love, joy, peace. Get some peace in your heart. Start walking in those things. You know, go to the scriptures and see for yourself there in Galatians about the fruit of the spirit. Amen. And, uh, and then start recognising that's your new nature. That's your new life. That's who you are now in Christ is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, meekness. And those times when you're not walking that way, determine to walk that way. Don't do it in the flesh, do it in the spirit. Thank the Lord for your new life and your new, your, 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 uh, new um, identity in Christ, which is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, meekness, that work that he's done on the inside of us. We're all those new people. Amen. So how do we now live this life? Full of sin because we're no longer under the law? Because, well, we're just forgiven? Or, you know, because, well, none of us are perfect and we all make mistakes? Is that how we live it? No. That's not the design of God's salvation and gift of righteousness. We don't get forgiven from sin so that we can go back and serve it. Amen? A bit of a solemn word there. We don't get delivered from sin so we can go back and serve sin. Look what it says. 
where to serve righteousness, doing those things that are pleasing in the Father's sight. How many of you wake up in the morning and say, I'm going to want to do, today I'm going to do the things that are pleasing in the Father's sight? We should, you know, and we should have that consecration to God. Lord, I want to do the things that are pleasing in your sight. And um, what we're talking about there about taking on that new identity of the fruit of the Spirit is one of them. Amen. One last scripture, it says, But thanks be to God, in Romans 6 and verse 17 to 18, it says, But thanks be to God, that though you were once slaves to sin, you wholeheartedly obeyed the form of teaching to which you were committed. You have been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. It's a good word, isn't it? It's a good word. You know, we've become slaves to righteousness. We're, we're called to walk in, in, uh, in God's ways, walk in ways that please him, walk in his pathways, walk in righteousness, which is right standing in his sight. And it's never by the law. It's always by his grace. Amen. Uh, the law came by Moses, but what grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Let's be those people. Let's be that, you know, let's, maybe this morning we're all here just to make a fresh commitment around those areas, to recognise those areas where we've been weak in the flesh and recognise it's not going to be by, by uh, gritting our teeth and trying to keep the law that we're going to overcome that. It's actually going to come um, as we choose to walk in the Spirit. The Bible does say that. If you, if you walk in the Spirit, you'll not fulfil the lust of the flesh. In other words, it becomes weak when we start to walk in that new person that we are in Christ Jesus. Can I get a hearty amen this morning? Amen. amen. Well, I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. And, and as they come, I, I'm just going to uh, make a little invitation this morning because we never know there may be those that are sitting here who've never quite heard the gospel like that, never quite heard the gospel that says that, you know, God is real and that he was real in Jesus Christ to come and uh, make himself known to mankind. And uh, I want you to know that uh, when I gave my heart to Jesus, uh, when I was at the age of 21, almost 40 years ago, I never knew that he would come into my life and make himself real, but he has, and he did. And I've lived that way now for 40 years, and I, uh, near on 40 years, and I'm so glad, I'm so glad he did. And uh, you can walk with him and you can talk with him. You can know his voice, and you can have a very, very close relationship with him. And uh, I encourage you, if you're, not, if you're not walking that way at the moment, if you've never said the prayer of salvation and invited Jesus to be your Lord and Saviour, today's a good day to do it. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. And I encourage you this morning to come on down the front, maybe after we've sung, maybe after we've dismissed, but come down and let's pray that prayer together. I'd love you to introduce you to Jesus. He's the best there ever is. Amen? Amen.